notice this evening. It's good to have you with us, you that are viewing from home. Uh, I trust you've put enough logs on the fire. This is going to be the longest sermon you ever heard, so you're going to need to log one. Not really. Not really. It's nothing that bad. But uh, humor is really hard. This is transitional Sunday. You, you're leaving Thanksgiving. Well, some of us are. Some are still eating leftovers. Recipe for Pastor Denny. Take that carved turkey meat, put it in the freezer in sandwich bag sizes, pull it out, thaw it, put salad dressing mayonnaise, sprinkle that with cayenne pepper, put that turkey on there, and it's wonderful. The cayenne pepper heats up your taste buds and your mouth to where you don't know you're eating turkey. It's awesome. It really is good. Another thing is you take the, if you have dressing. Now there's a difference between stuffing and dressing. Stuffing is what you put in the bird. And now that we've gotten educated, they say that that isn't probably the best place to eat food from. Sometimes it has problems. Uh, after 50 years of eating it like that, uh, you know, I, we're still standing, so that's pretty good. <clears throat> but, but stuffing, and then there's dressing. Dressing is made in a bread pan or a muffin tin, and you can slice that and make sandwiches with that, and that's out of this world as well. You put a little gravy over that. They told us in Bible school never to uh, speak about food at 12 o'clock. And so uh, we're not going to talk about food any longer. Miss Dixie asked her Sunday school class to draw a picture of her, of her favorite uh, Bible story. She was puzzled by Larry's picture of four people on an airplane. So she asked which story he was illustrating. Oh, it's, it's real simple. He said, it's, it's Mary, it's Joseph, and it's baby Jesus on their flight to Egypt. But who's the fourth person, Larry? Oh, that's Pontius the pilot. Yeah, 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 okay. So a teacher asked the child in her Sunday school class, if I sold my house and my car and my big garage out back and gave all the money to the church, would I go to heaven? No, the children answered. If I cleaned the church every day, mowed the church lawn, and kept everything neat and tidy, would I get to go to heaven? And the students answered, no. Well, she continued, then how can I get to heaven? In the back of the room, a five-year-old boy shouted out, you gotta be dead. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be dead to get to heaven. Uh, that's one part of it. The other part is to know Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Walking with God. Walking with God. Here's Enoch, and uh, he proves that last bit of humor totally wrong. Enoch walked with God. Now that's a pretty high statement. How many of you had an opportunity to walk with people of notoriety? Gary's here. He's had opportunity to, to uh, escort the chiefs back and forth, and he's got a few photographs of him and the chiefs. And, and uh, it's, it's pretty neat to be able to walk with people of stature. 
And here's Enoch. He walked with God. God Almighty. Say it with me. God Almighty. There's no one greater than God. It is God Almighty. It's just not God. It's God Almighty. And that's who we serve. And uh, Genesis chapter 5 and verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after that, he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. To walk with God. He made heaven without dying. And this is Old Testament. So he made heaven because of his walk with God. Jesus hadn't showed up on the scene yet. He made heaven because he walked with God. And, and that is a, a tremendous testimony of the saving power of God. He walked with God and he was not because God took him. Hallelujah. God took him to be with him forever and ever. The, the word uh, Enoch is... is it's translated that uh, uh, a walk with God. He was not because he explained it in Hebrews chapter five, 11 verse 5. It says, by faith on it, Enoch was translated that he should not see the things of this earth any longer. But he pleased God. He pleased God. Enoch was a man who walked after God's heart. And it's what an awesome, awesome Thing, to be able to say that you walked with God. He walked faithfully with God and he was no more because God took him away. To be in the presence of God, to be alongside of God and to experience his power, his anointing, the God Almighty, the one of the universe, to experience the glory of God and to know that, that Enoch experienced the presence of God so strongly after 365 years of his life, he goes to be with God. He's translated. Now that is exciting, exciting, exciting to realize that that is a possibility. That, that happened to him. And we have testimony of it. And we have the declaration of it throughout the scriptures. And he preached a hard message against uh, sin, ungodliness. He was very strong in his message of speaking about ungodliness. And Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who earnestly seek him. God is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. And you said here today in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, you are experiencing this very thing, that you have come to God and that those who believe in him are going to have rewards for those who earnestly seek him. His reward was to go to be with God. By faith, Noah was warned about things yet seen, 
yet not seen. Things that had not come. Having rain yet, it's going to flood. And he begins to build them up. By faith. How, how do we live by faith? We live by faith. Some of you did by just getting in the car and coming this morning. By faith, snowplow made it out there. By faith, salt is working. By faith, you, you made it here. And you simply just exercised faith. And, and Enoch walked faithfully with God. His faith was in God. His faith was, was determined that God was going to make a way for him. And uh, it was going to be an awesome thing. The companion of walking with God. The companion for life. Walking in divine companion. This, this companion that walked with him was divine. God living with him. And God empowering him mightily. It is so awesome to see the power of God and see how that he works in our lives. And, and it's all because of faith. We build our life around the element of faith. And this companion of God came alongside the companion of walking with God. It is just phenomenal. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. What an awesome declaration. How can two agree? The temple of God cannot walk with idols. The temple of God. You have the Holy Ghost that lives within you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we have to be careful that we don't allow the things of this world to become idols. To where we bow down to them more than we bow down to God. That God is to be the author and finisher of our faith. What agreement? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and I'll walk with them. God's walking with you. Are you walking with him? God is willing to walk with you. I said God Almighty is willing to walk with you. He cares for you. He loves you. You that are home today listening, God cares for you. He loves you. He knows where you're at. He knows your thoughts. God is an awesome God. He is God Almighty. That has just been implanted in my brain so, so deep that this companion, this Heavenly Father, this God of the universe that we have, he says there, there's, there's no distinction. You can't, you can't allow idols to be a part of the body of Christ. You, you cannot walk together. But God said, I will walk with you and I'll be there for you. Therefore, come out from among them and separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God is always there to hear our prayer. God is always there to be our Heavenly Father. He cares about us and He will walk with us. He will be with His people as we recognize we have a companion. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 talks about a friend. A friend loveth at all times. Now that's a major statement. A friend loveth at all times. It's so important that we recognize that God, we have a companion of 
that of walking with God, our life walk with God, is a close companionship. It's that close companion that walks with us. God loves us. He's our greatest friend, and we need to be his greatest friend. The companion of this life is the faithful companion. He is so faithful. He has never let mankind down. Mankind has let him down many times. We all have, but God won't. He's there for us all the time. He will be with us, and he will prepare us. He will prepare us for what our next step is. God will always be there. He is our companion. He is our closest friend, closer than a brother. He is a close friend to those who open their hearts to him and say, God, I need you. God, I want you. God said, I will walk with you. It says, I will live with them and will walk with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I want God to say, you're my people. I want God to say, well done, that good and faithful servant. I want that to be said of you and God as well. That you are walking with him and that God is walking with you. And, and you walk together in, in one accord, in one strain of mind and thought. There's the demands of walking with God. There are demands. Walking with God demands entire surrender. The name Enoch means one who is dedicated, one who is yielded, yielded up to God. One who is yielded up to God. In other words, to be conformed to God's mind and God's will. God created us for fellowship. God created us to, to love him. God wants to minister to us. And in order for that to happen, we've got to stop the merry-go-round of the world. We have to find a quiet place. We have to manufacture a quiet place, if you would, to where we recognize the fact that we have total surrender to God, that he has our time, that he has our talents, that he has everything about us. It's so important that we declare that God is the author and the finisher of our life. God is the one who makes a way for us where there seems to be no way. God makes a way when we think there is no way. God is always on the throne, and we must surrender to him. We must allow him to flow in our lives. There's nothing like it whatsoever. The righteous, which is of God, is by faith. Our righteousness isn't in ourself, but it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's letting God be God. Letting the Holy Spirit flow through our lives and knowing that God cares for us. He truly cares for us. He wants blessing to come our way. And we must surrender to him in his faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not through the law. It is not through uh, anything other than our relationship of saying, Lord Jesus, I need you, and our righteousness is in you. We walk with the demands of God in unbroken fellowship. Enoch walked with God. The demands of walking with God is that Enoch 
walked with God. There was not a separation, but there was unbroken fellowship. There was perfect agreement. Amos says, can two walk together except they be in agreement? Except they agree. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Be in agreement. I want to know the will of God. I want God's will to be permeating my heart. Uh, and, and the only way I can know God's will is to understand his word and let the word of God speak his will to me. God's word is perfect. God's word is perfect. And I love it, I love it, I love it. When God moves on a brother or sister in Christ and they post a scripture verse on their webpage or they, they text me a verse and it's the very verse that I'm declaring. A couple weeks ago, I was I had a scripture verse that jumped off the page on my devotional books, and I said I'm preaching on that. And I uh, opened up my email and found that very scripture coming to me from some other source. I walk into a store, pick up a Christmas card, and that very scripture verse is on that card. This is a secular store; it had very few Christian cards in it but it had that verse. And I happened to pick up the one card that had the verse that God has spoken to my heart about, about preaching. Folks, that is fun. That Amen. takes the work out of the ministry. When you hear God speaking to your heart and it's confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses of people who have no idea, I propose to you that you can walk in the same goodness of life, that the will of God can be revealed to you, that the peace of God can be flowing to your life and, and this is the concept of total surrender. It's a tot of just entire surrender. Everything we have is, is that unbroken fellowship, walking with God. Enoch had good company. He walked the road of life with God, and God walked with him. And guess what? When God walks with you, there's joy in the midst. Why is there joy when we walk with God? Does that mean everything's perfect? No! Does that mean we have problems? Yes. What do you mean we have problems? When we walk with God, it flies in the face of those who don't walk with God. Now what I mean by that is, is that they don't like you not cussing and swearing with them. You're not drinking their alcohol. You're not speaking their lies. You're not living in their life. And you are totally separated. You are totally separated. And it flies in their face. They don't like it. They want to be accepted just as they are. And they want you to accept their sin and be involved in what they are doing. And it's difficult. The woke culture is broken. It's demonic. And we all are dealing with it. We're all dealing with the, the total concept of misunderstanding sexuality. God is not pleased with the culture of America right now. And we're, I feel that we're on the verge of judgment. Because the body of Christ, we must stand up and stand in close, unbroken fellowship with God. We must have a continuing process a continuing process. Our knowledge of God must continue to be growing. Life continues to move on with us or without us. 
And we must let God work in us. Each day is a new journey. Each day is a new day. Each day has a new anointing. When you wake up in the morning and you look outside and you see dew on the ground, realize that God has a new anointing just as that fresh dew hits the ground. So God has a new anointing for that day for you. You don't have to live in yesterday's failure, but you can certainly live in today's strength empowerment that God has for you, and He will take care of the future. There is a progression, a continuing progression in our faith, in that, that Enoch walked with God. He continued to walk with God. It's very little information about him other than the fact that he pleased God, he walked with God, and he had family. How many of you know that if he had family, he had conflict? But he still walked with God. He didn't allow the conflict to derail him from his relationship with God. That is the key of life. In the continuing progression, life has its difficult moments. I am the first to declare, life has difficult moments. But I'm telling you, God only allowed that to come to you, that you might become stronger and better, not bitter and worse. Walking with God demands a complete separation. Walking with God is that separation from the pleasures of this world. God is light. And those who walk with him do not walk in darkness. There's some real truth to that. If we walk in the light, Jesus lives within us. And we have to be careful that those who walk in darkness... Don't drag us away from the relationship we have with God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your affections. What do you love? What do you love? Don't, don't be loving the earth more than you love God. Knowing that God is greater, knowing that strength is empowered from God, sanctify yourselves therefore and be holy. God says, for I am holy. I am a holy God. Separate yourself. Sanctify yourself. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 7 says about sanctifying, moving yourself apart from the things of this world and be in tune with the will of God, the word of God, letting him speak to your heart and walking in his will. Walking with God demands and I know that every one of you has trudged through the snow and ice day to hear this next statement. Walking with God demands suffering. Walking with God demands suffering. People say, well, I won't live in Jesus' day. i got news for you. You are living in Jesus' day. He's about to come back. The world is a mess, and God is greater than the mess. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God is greater. God is greater. In the process of life, we must realize that there's going to be suffering. We say we want to live in Jesus' day. We want to say we want to be like Jesus. We say, but Jesus had fun with his disciples. Jesus did miracles, signs, and wonders. But he also hung on the cross for my sins, for your sins. He had stripes on his back for our healing. I don't know about you, but if you've ever not studied the cat of nine tails, it's basically leather thongs with, with rocks and wire tied in the end of it. So when it hit you and came back off of you, it just ripped your back up like hamburger. He paid that price. He suffered for us. 
And so God calls us to times of discomfort. God calls us times to going through suffering. Walking with God demands suffering. Enduring hardship like a soldier. Second Timothy chapter 2 says enduring hardship like a soldier. A soldier doesn't get overwhelmed with the things of civilian life. He is all about being a soldier. He is into training. He is learning how to do what he needs to do so that he can protect himself, protect his nation, protect the, the, the administration. Walking with God demands suffering. I wish I could tell you that it's always going to be rosy. It's always going to be easy. But it's, they're suffering. But you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and your declaration that these guys are going to be number one in your life, you're going to win. You may suffer, but you're going to win. And that's the thing about Israel right now, with the tremendous suffering that's going on over there. They're going to win because God is going to miraculously cause them to win. 1948, they became a nation. Britain pulled out. And the other nations around them pulled them into a war instantly. It was the war of independence for Israel. They did not have an army. And they still won the battle. God miraculously works in mysterious ways. Do not give up. Do not think that this suffering is too difficult. God has forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. God knows your number. As a matter of fact, he counts the hairs on your head, even those who turn loose. He also, Amen. he also, yes, he also engraves your name in the palm of his hand. You haven't been forgotten. God loves you. God cares for you. He said, I'll be with you. I will be, I'll take the place of your father. When your mother and father reject you, I'll be there for you. God says, I am always there. I will be there for you. And so there will be times of suffering. But we must suffer and endure hardship in life like a good soldier. Marching on, not being sidetracked, not being pushed down, but lifted up by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit living in you. The Word of God being implanted in your heart. I'm telling you, there's nothing that you can't go through that this book can't help you get through it. This book is something we need to consume we need it to memorize it. We need to read it. It needs to be constantly on our mind. You'll say, well, pastor, that's fine for you to say, but you're a pastor. Um, excuse me? <laughs> I keep pushing the word in. I found a, a box of promise cards, and I'm, I'm just putting them up on my desk at, at the house. And pull a new one out and put it up. Read my scripture, my daily devotion, but then I have this promise card that I'm looking at and saying, realizing that God's word, trying to find things to push the word of God deeper into my spirit. Listen to it on your phone. Get that you version going and let that guy read it to you and you sink it out. You read it out loud with him. You see, if you read the word of God out loud, your eye gate's taking it in, your mouth is speaking, your ears are hearing your mouth speaking, your, your learning is sticking greater in your brain. You'll say, well, what's so great about that? The Holy Ghost will bring it back to your remembrance. You put money in a bank, it gains interest, so you go back and get more money. You put scripture into your spirit, 
and the Holy Ghost goes into the bank of your mind and brings it back to you in your time of suffering, in your time of difficulty, and it ministers to you, and there's nothing like the Word of God that transforms your life. Walking with God means not walking in hypocrisy. We do not walk with faces disfigured, but we walk with faces that are transfigured. God transforms us. We don't conform to the pattern of this world, but God's word transforms us. We do not walk any other way but with God. As our ears are open to hear his voice, as our ears are open to hear his voice, not open to hear gossip, not, not to hear things of this world, but to walk in newness of life, to walk in him. The manner of walking with God is walking by faith. The manner of walking with God is walking by faith. We must trust him. Walking with God means walking in truth. God said, I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, verse 6. And if we could just walk in God, knowing that he is the way, knowing that he provides for us, knowing that he is the source and supply, I am the way. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified to the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. John 3 John 3, walking in the truth, it caused John to rejoice. And he rejoiced greatly because he saw his converts walking in the truth. Walking with God means a spiritual walk. It means that this is what we are to say. This is how we're to walk. And how do we walk? How do we let this all happen in our life? How does this make a difference in our lives? What, what causes us to walk with God? And how do we walk with God? And how is it so important that we do that? In Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, and verse 16. Galatians chapter 5 and 16, I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. How do you keep from doing stupid, sinful things? Because your nature says, it's fun, do this. How do you stop that? How do you stop sinning? So I say, live by the Spirit. We live by God living in us. We live by the Spirit of God within us. That's a capital S, by the way. Live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We all have a sinful nature. We all want to sin. They were born with that, okay? Verse 17, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual morality on goes the list of all the sins of mankind. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ask yourself, ask yourself, ask yourself, are these fruits evident in my life? And if these fruits are lacking, then the other fruits of the carnal flesh are in their place. Because there's no void in your life. There's no way of being in neutral. You're either going forward with God and walking in the Spirit, or you're in reverse, letting your carnal flesh dictate what you're going to do with your life. 
It is simply letting the presence of God. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit which is contrary to the sinful nature. You see why the world is going to persecute you? Because what you're living isn't what they're living. And they don't like it. Walking with God is a spiritual walk. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. God wants us to do that very thing. The privilege of walking with God. Folks, it is a privilege to walk with God. It's a privilege to be with somebody that's God Almighty. It's a privilege to be with the one who created the earth. It's a privilege to be with the one who forgives our sins. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When I was 16 years old, that verse of Scripture came alive to me because I had to present it to people at a county fair. People would come and had a witnessing booth and they would get saved and come to know Jesus. And this was one of the key verses for if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgives our sins and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We have that privilege. We serve a God. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to share that with someone else. It's a privilege to walk in that very thing. The greatest of all feelings is the joy of walking with God, knowing your sins are forgiven, knowing that you can help somebody else walk with God. No greater joy. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to walk with God. And, to, and the assuring strength that he has for us day by day, his strength will be there. The Lord has promised he'll be with us. In the Great Commission, he says, he calls us to preach the gospel to all mankind. He says, and I will be with you always. Amen. Always. He doesn't say well, on Sunday morning I'll be with you. He doesn't say Wednesday nights I'll be with you. He says, I will be with you always. As you take this gospel message to the ends of the earth, I will be with you. The power of God is magnificent. The power of God has a way of ministering to us. The power of God is all about walking in the presence of God Almighty and allowing his Holy Spirit to flow through us. And God shall deliver me from every evil work and shall preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, so whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 2 Timothy 4, 17. The presence of God Almighty. The Lord stood with me. He strengthened me. God is a powerful God, and he loves us tremendously. And I want to encourage you today that let God love you. Just let God love you. Say, Pastor, I've made mistakes. That's okay. Let God love you. Just simply let God love you. That is the greatest thing in all the world. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safety to this heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul's writing, his personal remarks. I preach the gospel. God's delivered me. God has delivered me from trials and tribulations. God has always been there for me. He's always helped me. Walking with God assures us of comfort for life's sorrows. 
God said, I will comfort you. I will be there with you. I will never leave you. The message is God says, I will comfort you. Walking with God assures us of, of happiness for life's journey. You see, it's the joy of the Lord. Paul's in prison. Paul is in prison and he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. The prison was, was a place where he couldn't even put something up against his back. It was a cistern, if you would. It was a, a place in the ground that had a oval top roof in it. And the walls came down to a point down to the floor. And it was just an oval. And there was no place, no place to set your back against the wall. He's laying on his face. He's laying on his back. He's setting uh, Indian style in the middle of it. And he's writing, rejoice in the Lord. As he takes a deep breath and he's breathing in sewer air. You haven't had an opportunity to be in a manual lately. It's, it's an opportunity you need to take to smell the sewer. Because that's where Paul was writing these scripture verses and saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In the midst of trial, in the midst of discomfort, in the midst of not having everything the way you would want it, he wrote rejoice. So I propose to you that we can pretty much rejoice in a God who walks with us. And as God walked with Enoch, God said, enough is enough, Enoch. You're precious in my sight. You don't have to go through death. Come now. And Enoch walked on this earth no longer. Because God took him. Hallelujah. The righteousness of God is powerful. And he will see you through any storm. He will see you through any difficulty. It's simply letting him walk with you. And you walking with him in one accord. Letting the word of God penetrate your heart, body, soul, and mind. Knowing that God wants to minister to your heart, body, soul, and mind. Knowing that as you surrender to him and separate your things from this world, get your eyes off of this world and get your eyes on him. He said, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. So it's not that God doesn't want you to have anything. He wants you to be blessed. As you share the blessings with others, he wants you to be blessed. And so the process is he wants to be first. If you put him first, then these other things can come alongside. But if you put him first, all these other things will be of second class to you. It's a relationship you have with God that's important. It's that relationship of putting Jesus first. And as you put him first, all these other things will be worked out. God will see to your needs are met. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. For God, walking with you is a challenge in this world that we're living in. Lord, our, our, all of our social media, our, our, our news media, Lord, so much stuff coming to us every day that's ungodly. And Enoch preached against ungodliness. He was disturbed with the culture that he was living in, and he preached against ungodliness. And Lord, may we declare the goodness of our God, that he is so much greater than the things of this world. He's so much greater than the struggles we face. For God, we want to walk with you. We want to give you our body, soul, and mind. 
We want your word to be predominant in our lives. We want to seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. And God, when we say those words, you, you listen. You hear that prayer when we say, God, help us to turn from our wicked ways and help us, O oh God, to become righteous and holy in your presence. May we walk in your spirit. May we seek your will. May we, we desire to be the body of Christ that comes against the demonic, that tears down this, the, the plans of Satan through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for extended family members to get real with God. Holy Spirit, bring dreams and visions. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are doing that very thing. And Lord, we ask, God, that you would prepare our hearts for the return of Christ and give us the ability to share Jesus with others, that you'll be glorified. In Jesus' name. Father God, I pray for those that are home today, God, that you would strengthen them. Lord, that as they lay their hand upon their body that is hurting, Lord, that you would bring divine healing, a healing touch to come to them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we ask for divine strength and healing to come into the family of God around the world as well as those who are listening to this broadcast today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for paying the price for our sins. Forgive us where we have sinned. Purify our hearts, O oh God. And may your healing virtue be demonstrated and manifested in our bodies today and forever. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for walking with us. And may we walk in the goodness of our God. May we walk in the peace of our God and may share that peace with others. Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of your children who have faithfully given of their finances, their time, and their talents. And Lord, I pray that you would reward them many times over for their faithfulness, for their tithe, for their faithfulness giving beyond their tithe. God, that you would just bless them that in turn they could be a greater blessing to more people. God, thank you for what you have done in our lives, and we give you praise for what you're going to do. For God, we know you are an awesome God. You are God Almighty, and there's nothing too difficult for you. And so God, we ask that you'd work out the finances. Lord, some folks are struggling with finances. God, I pray that you'd work out all those details in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Thank you, folks, for listening to us today. And we're going to continue our altar service. Will you stand with me? We're, we're in the presence of God in this place. And I, I just want to encourage.